This is Raider Nation Radio 920. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. Broadcasting live from the NBA Summer League, it's Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. Oh, are we back on? That's why Jeff is here. Jeff is here to hold me down because I will start talking about all kind of rando stuff. I was about to be a life coach. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You don't want that. But we're here back at the Thomas and Mack Center. Summer League action is going on right now. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Had an action-packed first hour. And now we're going to kick off into the second hour with our guy Cole Kublik. SEC Network on ESPN, going to talk all things. Well, we're going to talk some Alex Leatherwood. Want to focus in on the rookie from Alabama. He's going to be uh, in action tomorrow night at Allegiant Stadium against the Seahawks. And, Cole, we definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. First question I have is how, how difficult do you feel it is for a, a, a guy coming from the SEC who played a, had a long run at Alabama, won a national championship, to be able to go from college to transfer, and, and not transfer, but to, to translate his game from college to the pro game? I think it's always difficult just because you're, you're going against, up against a professional each and every week, guys that maybe have been doing it a lot longer than you have. But I do think that that transition is a little bit easier for a lot of the guys from Alabama based on the competition that they face each and every week, also based on the way the practice is managed. I mean, Nick Saban, he manages his program as closely to an NFL franchise as any other team in college football. They're going to be, they're going to practice more physical than everybody else is, and he wants competition every day. You talk to anybody at Alabama, they'll tell you the thing that makes them great is the guys are going up against in practice. I mean, look at the defensive linemen, the three, four years that Alex Leatherwood was at Alabama, and how many of them are now in the NFL? Right. He's facing those guys each and every week, and then he's facing other SEC guys from LSU, from Florida, the SEC championship game, Clemson, Ohio State, and the college football playoff, Notre Dame in the playoff, Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson at Auburn. I mean, the list goes on. Javon Kinlaw at South Carolina. I mean, dude's played against the best of the best the last three, four years. So he has a good idea what he's getting himself into, and – him personally, I'll tell you, just his approach to everything, I think he's better suited to be ready to play in the NFL than a lot of other guys coming out of college. Hmm. Talking right now with Cole Kublik from the SEC Network on ESPN. And, uh, you know, with that being said, there was a lot of people, including myself, that were surprised that the Raiders took him as high as they did at number 17. Most people thought he was a second-round guy. How shocked were you that he went number 17? Or based off your last answer, were you not shocked at all? I wasn't. I thought after Panay Sewell that Alex Leatherwood would be my next tackle off the board. Nice. And it got really wacky there before the draft, as you know. There were right. a lot of people talking about Walker Little maybe needed to be the, best, the next tackle off the board. Um, you know, Rashawn Slater's a guy that I like a lot. I thought he was a solid college football player. I think Alex was a little bit more athletic. Uh, and obviously he played all last year, which I give Alex credit for. I think he played his way up, and he deserved to be taken where he was. But Eichenberg at Notre Dame or Kevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State, Dylan Redund out of North Dakota State. I mean, some people had him slot in the first 20 picks. And I just didn't see it. I mean, I kept asking myself the question, like, why are people saying Jackson Carmen out of Clemson should go ahead of Alex Leatherwood? We've seen it's one of those deals where because Alex 
a lot of times when you play offensive line, when no one's talking about you, it's a really good thing. It's a beautiful thing because there are no penalties. There are no, there, you're not getting your quarterback killed. You're not having a big mistake that everybody can clearly see, even if they don't focus on line play. That was Alex for the last two years. And if you really dive into the tape, he was dominant a lot of the time. And then there were other times where he really turned it on, kind of like the end of the Ole Miss game last year, where he went above and beyond being a dominant player. But technically, fundamentally, I thought he was as or more sound than any tackle coming out of the draft. I thought he was as good of an athlete as everybody except Panay Sewell. And the only thing he doesn't offer you is like super-duper length. I mean, I think he's got plenty of length to play tackle in the NFL, but he wasn't six seven with like a 10-foot wingspan. So I guess some people held that against him. But I thought the Raiders absolutely got it right when they took Alex Leatherwood where they did. Well, you just made a lot of Raider Nation super happy when you said that right now because I know a lot of folks still are questioning that even though the Raiders have said, hey, that's the guy we've been looking at for a very long time. Going back to high school, we kind of looked at that guy. I mean, that guy has been getting a lot of hype for quite a while uh, from Tom Cable and, and the powers that be there with the Raiders. And uh, so, you know, Mike Mayock, the GM, came out on, on the night of the draft and said he's our starter at right tackle day one. But, Cole, one of the things that stands out to me that I think is really good about Alex is that he's so versatile. He played up and down that, that Alabama offensive line. How much, how, how, how well will that transition uh, translate as well uh, in the NFL? I think versatility is always good because you, you never know when you're going to find yourself in a position where a defensive line's running a stunt or there's a couple injuries and you need to move or you're out of position. You can rely on technique and fundamentals that you picked up at other positions that could potentially get you out of trouble. And also, I just think it helps your awareness. I think it helps your vision. I think it helps your expectation of what a defensive lineman might do, what a defense might do, just because you've seen it from different places. You have different levels of sight as to how things operate. And I think one thing about football players in general, it's easy to get tunnel vision. It's easy to sit there and only focus on what you do and the guy that you're playing against and how that's going to operate. Not that that's always bad, but it's really good to be able to have an understanding of how the entire defensive line works in sync, how the linebackers and defensive line work together, what safeties roll in one direction, up, back, left, right, have to do with what a defensive lineman might do. And I think Alex has some of that because he started an entire season at guard, started an entire season at left tackle. He's repped at right tackle. So he understands how some of those things are going to be able to benefit him, and I think it only helps him. It helps the franchise because if he needs to be somewhere else, He's a guy that could be somewhere else, and I think it helps him as a player because he has a feel of how different things are going to operate on the field. Talking right now with Cole Kublik from SEC Network on ESPN on Twitter, at Cole Kublik, and uh, we definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. And, and I want to talk about his demeanor. It's something that we've been talking about quite a bit at, at all the, you know, the media sessions and just watching him at training camp. He's kind of got that old soul feel where he's not really – his face doesn't tell the, the story. He's just kind of like all business. It's not goofing around. He's not dancing. He's not laughing. He's all business. Is that that Alabama in him? Is that that Nick Saban coming out in him? That's a little bit, but that's, that's been him. I mean, I, I, saw him, I saw him in the Under Armour All-American game in high school, and he was the same way. And I saw him his freshman year at Alabama. He was the same way, you know, delivered the Joe Moore Award to their facility. Um, earlier this spring, he was there and exactly the same guy. He's just – he has a professional approach, and yeah. he has for a long time. Very businesslike, um, you know, a little bit laid back, uh, very subdued. 
when he's off the field, when he's in front of the media, obviously doesn't portray that when he's on the field in the uniform, but that's just who he is. And I think that part is, is why technically and fundamentally he continued to grow during his time at Alabama. I think that's why he was still successful with multiple offensive line coaches during his time at Alabama because he was going to put in the work either way, and he wasn't going to let other things distract him from getting to where he wanted to be. Cool. I have to ask about, you said multiple, and it made me think about the offensive line in general. The Raiders and their whole right, right side of the offensive line is new this year, you know, from the center to the right guard to the right tackle, obviously. How quickly do you think him and the offensive line, the rest of the offensive line, can kind of get together and gel? Because it's not about one individual. It's about a whole cohesive unit. It takes time. And, and I don't care if it's in the NFL, if it's in high school, if it's in college. Offensive line, if you're going to be good, if you're going to be great, you, you have to work as one. You have to operate as one. And really the only way to be able to make that happen are reps and reps together. So I think the preseason becomes pretty important. I think obviously camp is going to be very important. Obviously they'll benefit from being able to do it in a little bit of a different way this year as opposed to last year as far as how meetings are handled, how walkthroughs are handled, how practice is handled. It'll be more normal, and I think they'll be able to get more time together. But it's something that definitely takes time. You've got some leadership. I mean, Richie's been in the league for a long time. He obviously understands how to handle it. Colton's been around for a while. And I think the demeanor of the young guys like an Alex Leatherwood is still going to help. I mean, you throw in a tight end, a couple of tight ends that can be able to help you. I mean, Foster Moreau's a guy I can tell you at LSU that, you know, people think he's going to run for president one day. Like, that's the kind of demeanor that he has. That's the kind of individual that he is. So I think there's a certain maturity with the personalities that are on that team. Like, I covered Brian Edwards in South Carolina. Like, that's a guy that was, Will Muschamp told me, the first one in the facility every day. You know, he's banged up his first few years. He got tired of it. He changed his diet, changed his workout routine, started coming to the facility and stretching every day. Next thing you know, has a hell of a year, and he ends up getting drafted high. I mean, we know what Hunter Renfro did at, at Clemson and what kind of guy he is and what he's made of. So I think the overall maturity of the personnel on that roster will help the offense, and then obviously going to help the offensive line as well. Cole, you open up a can of worms, man. You start talking about Brian Edwards, and he's been getting all the hype this uh, training camp so far with the way that he's been making a lot of catches. John Gruden said something about T.O. Other people said something about Randy Moss. I'm not going to go there. Those are Hall of Famers. But uh, Brian Edwards, my biggest thing with him is just can he stay healthy? Uh, If he can stay healthy, how big of a player do you think he could be in year two? I think he can be a really good NFL wide receiver. And I think he can be at number one because he brings that big body. He's got a big catch radius, big long arms, giant hands. And that's why, you know, another reason I thought the Rugs pick was the right pick, if you go back and remember that draft, there were some quality receivers right behind him. But when you have a crowded group at one position, you take the guy that's different. Rugs runs different than everybody else. So you've got to have that guy to stretch the field. And I thought he offered that. I thought Brian Edwards was the ultimate value pick. You said it. If he stays healthy, he is going to have a very good NFL career. He's tough. He's physical. He's a hard worker. And I think that when he is healthy, he can be a dynamic playmaker, whether it's in short intermediate throws, breaking tackles and running through people, or if it's getting down the field, winning one-on-ones, being with a 50-50 ball or just trying to get over the top of somebody. But I thought where the Raiders got Brian Edwards, it was a mega value pick. 
because I've seen how good he can be in South Carolina. The consistency wasn't there because of injury. Right. But if that's behind him and he's healthy, then I think he can absolutely help that franchise in a big way. I love it. I love it. This is a great conversation we're having right now with Cole Kublik from the SEC Network on ESPN. And just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, you mentioned Foster Moreau and, and who he was at LSU. And I think that a lot of Raider fans did not realize because LSU's offense was not a high-power offense when he was there. Now, it became that after he left, but it was not high-powered then. This is a very athletic dude that has an opportunity to be uh, just as good as any other tight end, if not better, in the league, just with his athletic ability. What are your thoughts on him, especially this year, now that he seems like 100% healthy? coming off that ACL tear. Yeah, don't get it twisted. I mean, he's not going to give you, you know, some of the things that, that Darren Waller's going to give you. I mean, he's not that athletic. He's not that kind of a guy. Right. But he's someone that just, he understands the position. He's a grinder. He's a worker. Does know how to create space. Uh, very willing blocker and a guy who brings some physicality to that. So I, I thought he was a guy that if he would have been in that 2019 LSU offense, Right. I mean, you would have seen him be more dynamic and obviously pad the stats a little bit more, but a very solid all-around player and from a leadership perspective, as good as you could ask for inside your facility. Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, two Alabama guys. There's a lot of Alabama guys on the Raiders, but two Alabama guys, they're in the backfield together. Uh, how dynamic do you think those two dudes could be uh, in a healthy rotation? I can remember back when I think the Alabama backfield had, I want to say they had Derrick Henry, I want to say they had uh, kid that's in the kid that's in New England, and his name escapes me right now. Um, but they there was like four NFL running backs on the roster, right? And when you would see Josh Jacobs run the ball, I was like, "That's the dude that I want." Then we had Damian Harris, yeah. Najee Harris, and Brian Robinson Jr., who's still there now. And it's like when Josh Jacobs would get the ball, he just had a different gear. Um, you know, he could, he could get to full speed faster than any of the backs that they had. And hell, Najee might be the best that Alabama's ever had. So, I mean, he just, his acceleration was completely next level. And I remember saying on my radio show, like, I gotta be honest with you guys, if I could have one of them, I think I would take Josh Jacobs because he just operates at a little bit of a different level. There's a little more juice, a little more spark. And kind of going back to what we talked about with rugs, like, he just makes things a little bit different when he gets the ball in his hand. So I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs. Kenyon Drake can be dynamic. Obviously injuries have been an issue for him. Yeah. Somebody on the perimeter that can definitely help you. But don't get it twisted. Josh Jacobs will take it between the tackles, man. Like for his stature, he is as tough as they come. So I'm a big Josh Jacobs fan. I love it. I love it. This has been great. This is exciting, especially uh, previewing basically the, the preseason uh, opener tomorrow evening at Legion Stadium. Before I let you go, the Raiders just recently added Bo Scarborough to the, the roster. And I always felt, and I said this before you came on, he's got that big size, but he just doesn't run angry. He doesn't run, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't put his foot in the ground and just run through you. He just He's kind of a different back. Uh, he stuck around the league for a little while, bounced around from team to team. But what are your thoughts on Scarborough and just even his running style? Uh, you know, baby Derrick Henry, poor man's Derrick Henry um, right. is what you're looking at. But like you said, just maybe doesn't have the same sort of will that Derrick Henry does when he has the ball in his hand. And once again, injuries. He's just he's been banged up. And I think when you have that body type and that kind of running style, once you get a few injuries that stack up, it's really tough to ever get back to being that kind of a guy because you're putting your body on the line on every carry, and that's just who you have to be. So. I would be surprised if he if he contributes. I'd be surprised if he makes the team based on the other backs that are already on, on that roster. Right. But a guy that definitely has it in him. I mean, we've seen flashes. 
just a matter of staying healthy and getting opportunities. Absolutely. Great stuff. That's Cole Kublik from the SEC Network on ESPN on Twitter, at Cole Kublik. And uh, what are you going to be up to? What do you got coming up next? You got a podcast out? What do you got going on, on out there? Hey, I'm doing radio in Birmingham, Alabama every day. JoxFM.com. That's J-O-X-F-M.com. 7 to 10 a.m. Central with my man Greg McElroy. Nice. Talking a lot of college football. If you need a fix for that, you can find the podcast. McElroy and Kublik in the morning, wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, whatever it is. Uh, so, yeah, check us out. If you need a little college football fix, we'd love to have you over. And, by the way, I'm an Auburn graduate. You're not even going to bring up the most valuable player on the team and Daniel Carlson? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hey, you know talk, what? We don't, we don't talk kickers on my show, man. We don't talk. He kickers. is very valuable, and he actually set a record with the Raiders last year uh, for field goals and, and scoring and, and short field goals, which they need to eliminate oh, a lot of those. He can bomb it, man. He, <laughs> he can bomb it, but we don't waste time talking about kickers. I about. heard that. Well, Cole, thank you so much. Great stuff, man. I can't, I'll be looking forward to talking to you down the line. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, no doubt about it. There he goes, Cole Kublik, SEC Network on ESPN, talking to Daniel Carlson. Daniel Carlson's back. He's uh, back from uh, being on the COVID-19 reserve list. He's a very important factor. He is. I'm not going to poo-poo on that. I mean, man, you got to have a kicker. And you don't realize how much you got to have a kicker until you don't have a kicker. Then all of a sudden you realize, man, I sure do miss that guy. Or I sure do wish that guy was healthy. Yeah, not to be overlooked. No, not at all. Not at all. It's kind of like me trying to do a radio show with no producer. No one in studio to push the buttons. It ain't going to work, right? I can sit here and be as loud as I want to be, but it ain't going to work. Got to have that guy in the clutch, man. Not that you're a special teams guy, man. You're, you're better than that, but I'm just saying. Just, I appreciate you. I'll take special teams, man. As long as I'm on the team, that's all I want. That's, just hey, to be on the team. That's a great, that's a great uh, way to take one for the team answer. I like that, man. Good stuff. 317 is the time. Many thanks to Cole for joining us there, talking a lot of Alex Leatherwood. And uh, you heard him, Demond. He wasn't surprised at all. He was probably one of the few that wasn't surprised that Leatherwood went as high as he did. And he's very high on him and what he could bring to the table for the Raiders. And, uh, and it all gets started tomorrow night for him. It all gets started tomorrow night for him and what he could bring. And, and can he be that right tackle of the future, like Mike Mayock says? Uh, we'll, we'll start to find out. Like I said, it'll just be a baby step tomorrow, but it'll be a step. So uh, we're excited about that, being able to be there on site to check it out and see how it all shakes out. Of course, we'll be here on Raider Nation Radio to talk all about it uh, on Monday. So, uh, yeah, good stuff right there. 318 is the time. Again, we're here live at Thomas & Mack Center. Summer League action's going on. Right now the Cavaliers are playing the Pelicans. Oh, 11 to 10 is the score, and there is an enormous line in front of us enormous long line and someone just walked by I, I don't know who it was but there was some basketball player just went by and you could tell that he was a hooper it's hard to tell who these guys are with their their mask on but he, you could tell he was a hooper because everybody started trying to get his autograph and he just kind of walked by and there were some people that took some selfies matter of fact i think my man the minnesota jersey boss man but get someone get his boss man we gotta find out we gotta find out immediately who was this hold on hey j uh, hop on here real quick we're on the radio live, so you got you got to use your uh, use your voice that you uh, you talk to your mama with, all right? You know. <laughs> all right, what's like, popping? Hey, what was uh, who was that that walked by that you took a picture of real quick? That was James Wiseman. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Yeah. I was hoping to get his autograph, but I ain't got nothing on me. Who who who? Okay, who's this line for? Gary Payton. Gary Payton, the glove. The glove. No, oh, that's my you, dude. You have to get up right now. Wait, hold on, man. Show over, man. That's that's my Oakland connection right there. GP's in the house. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. How long you been here today? Uh, since since it started, I was here to see the Timberwolves game. Okay, okay. I got up on the jumbotron. I was going crazy. Did you really? I see, man. You're all Minnesota out. You're all green <laughs> yeah, and blue. But, uh, but the players ain't coming to represent. 
it was just our coach out there. Hey, well, it, it happens. Cats out, cats out there with Jordan Woods. Okay. He's out there in Vegas. He don't, he don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how, how fun has this been for you being here at Summer League? It's been dope. It's only going to get doper. Yeah. What what what, uh, what game are you looking forward to? Right now, I believe it's Dude, the Pelicans. Cade Cunningham is about to play. That's bro. right. That's right. And uh, you, did you, were you were you here or did you watch the game when him and Jalen Green were going back and forth? No, but it was nasty. Dude, I saw him do the the crossover. Oh yeah. my god! Nice. Did you see the dunk today? I, I, no, I heard it though. As soon as as soon as I sat down here, it was like the place went crazy. I, I was freaking out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, what's your name? Pablo. Pablo, where are you from? Are you from here? Or are Riverside. You? Riverside, representing. I heard uh, that. Three hours away. Okay. I ain't you from here? Oh, uh, yeah. We do the radio. We're actually on the radio here in Las Vegas right now. We're on Raider Nation Radio. You a Raider oh. fan? No, I'm a Vikings fan. You know. Okay, that's all right. You know, but, someone's got to root for that. But I'm going to be here on Monday Night Football. Ravens. Oh, Raiders. You? Okay. You got that ticket? Who you coming with? My brother. Is, but he, a come on, like, is he a Raider fan? No, nah, but dude. You see that stadium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ravens, <laughs> Raiders. Monday Night Football. It's going to be crazy. It will, it will. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you stopping by and hollering at me for a few minutes. Uh, get in the line, and when you get up there to GP, tell him your boy Q said what up, though. <laughs> All right, I got you, bro. Appreciate you, brother. There he goes, Pablo from Riverside, representing here at Summer League. That's how it is. Sometimes you just have an impromptu conversation with whoever's standing by talking by. So uh, James Wiseman walked by. I how geeky was about it, too. Yeah, 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 it's all good, man. The glove, that's my dude, man. I mean, really. I, I I don't know if I can get a remote headset, but I'll go up there and walk up to him and be like, "What up, glove?" Man, I'm I would be more excited about James Wiseman, man. I'd be like, Wiseman Yo. came by. He came. He was pushing, man. He came. He went by fast. But the glove, man. Uh, we played with the glove back at the Boys and Girls Club back in Oakland back in the day. Me and my boy Corey, we showed up, and uh, not only was the glove there, but his brother, man, and his brother can ball. His brother didn't get to the league, but man, his brother can ball. And of course, his son Gary Payton uh, too is in the league right now. So. He's out in summer league actually. He yeah. had he had a dunk a couple days ago that was that was insane. Well, that's why he's here. I don't know why Little Q ain't on the job, man. He needed to go on over there and represent. And be like GP, what up? I used to have them shoes back in the day, the white gloves. Those were tight. I did not know he had a signature shoe. I'm going to have to look the this glove. up during the break. You didn't know that? I know I didn't know he had a signature shoe. Was he a Nike guy? Was yeah. He, was he, he a Nike guy? Man, he's from Oakland, California. You think he ain't going to be no Nike guy? Just do it, baby. All right, I'm going to look him up during the break. Yeah, I'll, look it up I'll, during I'll the break. I'll come back with a verdict on it, the Gary Payton. Oh, it's, it's, it's dope. It's a, I'll tell you right now. I'll describe the shoe. It was the Mine was white with the black swoosh on it, and it, it had a zipper on it, so it kind of zipped up. You know what I mean? And it, it covered up the laces. It was, it, was, it was literally a glove on your foot. It was great. He play, he, you you hyped him up too much, so like now I'm on the computer, like like I'm like I gotta get to the bottom of this now. Could you said a zipper? Now I'm like a zipper. I'm kind of out. But no, really no, just look him up. up. Hey, him look, up. man, look look here, young blood. <laughs> I said that like your uncle, right? <laughs> look, look here, young blood. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Them shoes were dope. Go back and look. Those those were the shoes, man. They were they were all good. My man Brian just texted me. Said Gary Payton. That's right. Thank you, Brian. I definitely appreciate that. So that's what's up. So Gary Payton is here at, right now signing some autographs. Hold on, Q. Before we go to break, we just got a call in. We got Raider 27 on the line. All right, well, let's go ahead. Do we have time to go to him real quick? Yes, we do. All right, let's get to Raider 27. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. Um, before I um, get into my call, I, I want to mention uh, a company that did something that's all over Twitter, the Internet, the news, but I wanted to make sure Raider Nation knew that um, the owner of Built Bar, yeah, which he just paid for the tuition for all 36 walk-on uh, football players at BYU. Yeah, I saw that. That was awesome, wasn't it? And I, you know what? I always told myself, man, Q, 
she loves those things. I got to try some. <laughs> and I never just went on the internet and did it. But you know what? Today I went on the internet and I got um, a bunch of built bars. I can't wait to try them. They're, I, I'm really watching my weight. They're really low in sugar. They're really healthy. It, it's amazing when you look at what's in those things, how healthy they are. But anyway, I thought that was a great thing for him to do, and I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, it was, man. I thought so, that was I thought that was really cool, man. To be able to pay the tuition for thirty six walk ons, that is nothing to shake a stick at. That's a big deal. Yep. And so, um when I I was a season ticket holder fan when they uh were in uh Los Angeles and I loved the preseason because I loved watching the guys that were kind of off the radar. Nobody really knew what they were going to do, and everybody kind of down-talked them in the newspapers and stuff. You know, back that's back in the day when you had to buy a newspaper from Los Angeles to get any news on the Raiders. You know, right. it's not like now when we got Q on, uh, we got our own radio station. We got Q and Benny hyping us out of our mind, you know. <laughs> but, um, I kind of always look for the uh, – I want to see Leatherwood play. I was – Q, I, I, I misused that man's name, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't give him a chance till I researched it, and I want to publicly apologize to, to uh, Alex. Man, that kid is very impressive. And marrying – but, you know, I want to see Gillespie – and Hobbs. I, I want to see the guys that are kind of under the radar okay. that came in. You know, uh, I, I kind of was going to say this for, before the cuts, and I probably will say this again. I'll probably call back. But I really get upset when people call NFL players trash. Oh, that guy's trash. Right. Oh, that guy's no good. He's trash. These guys, of all the kids that play any type of football, from Pop Warner to high school, college, junior college, prep, whatever, the first guy cut off of an NFL team is in the top 1% of all people that play football. True story. These guys are elite. The first guy that's cut is an elite athlete. These guys are so good that it's unbelievable how good these guys really are. And I just you know, I make it a point to read every it, when the cuts come down, the whole NFL, everybody that's cut, I make it a point to read their name because they deserve it. They put their life and heart and soul into becoming an NFL player, and they at least deserve someone to read their name in the newspaper and go, dude, keep trying, man. Don't give up. You're so close. Don't give up. Keep trying. And even if you just say a little prayer for them, that they'll just keep trying. That's the best you can do because you don't know any of them. But you know what? Someone, someone should read your name in the newspaper that you were released and feel bad that you didn't make it this time and hope that you make it next time. No doubt. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, man. And, and you're right. And I, I've, I've found myself getting caught up a few times as well. Like, oh, that player's no good. But you're right, man. Just to get to that level that they're at, that takes, uh, that takes an act of God. Yeah, no doubt. That takes an act of God 
for sure. So uh, thank you, Raider 27, for that call. I do appreciate you. Speaking of 27, the time is 3.27. When we come back, we'll be talking to Jeff Benson from Circusports.com. He'll give us all kind of little details about the Raiders' upcoming season, win totals, who could be the team MVP, maybe even who could be the league MVP. We'll just pick Jeff's brain, and we'll do it next here on Unnecessary Roughness Live at the Thomas & Mack Center here on Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the, just the jersey or just the, just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about, it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. And we're back in the concourse of the Thomas and Mack Center. Been, been really talking with a lot of folks that are walking by, stopping by the table. Got this huge table. Got my man with the Knicks. The Knicks hat. He's representing that New York Nick. Spike Lee's homeboy right there. There's <laughs> a lot going on here at the Thomas and Mack Center. We're having a lot of fun, man. Everyone's in line for Gary Payton's autograph. Uh, so we're going to see if we can catch up to GP before the show's over. But I do know someone that we can catch up with right now on the phone lines is our guy Jeff Benson from CircaSports.com. And, Jeff, we definitely appreciate you this afternoon, my man in the Circa. You guys got a lot of good things going on over there. Matter of fact, there's a lot of opportunities to win some big-time money going on with Circa Sports right now. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me on. Um, obviously, uh, as we gear up, uh, you know, for uh, for football season and uh, fans being back, uh, you know, for the first time at Allegiant Stadium, uh, we've got two great football contests uh, here at Circus Sports. Um, people are able to come down uh, to any of our properties here in downtown Las Vegas, whether it's the D, the Golden Gate, uh, or Circa Las Vegas. Um, and sign up for both the Circus Sports Million Three and the Circus Survivor. Uh, Derek Stevens, who's our CEO and owner, uh, he's uh, gone out on a limb, and we've guaranteed ten million dollars. So, in the Circus Sports Million Three, we're guaranteeing four million in total prizes, and then in the Circus Survivor, we're guaranteeing six million in total prizes. So, for those who uh, who like a traditional Survivor pool, um, or who like to, to pick five games against the spread every week. Um, I'd certainly encourage you to come down to our properties, get signed up, and uh, you know, hopefully you can enjoy a great football season and have, uh, have some fun winning some money as well. Absolutely. No doubt about it. You said $10 million, and people on the concourse here, people up there sitting in their seats watching the game, almost came running up here thinking I was giving out some money. But, uh, Jeff, you mentioned something that really caught my attention. You said the fans at uh, Allegiant Stadium, it's going to be the first time they're going to be there. So that's going to give the Raiders, and I'm assuming that Raider Nation is going to pack that place out to the gills. That's going to give them, in my opinion, a home field advantage. So how does the home field advantage in 2021, how does that kind of factor back into how the lines are set and, and all that good stuff? And, and how do you think that may affect the win total for the Raiders this season? Yeah, I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to affect the win total. It'll probably affect um, the point spread on the day-to-day games okay. uh, more than when it more than when it would affect the win total for the whole year. But I, I think when you look at 2020 and 2021, you know the difference is going to be having fans, you know, in the stadium, and you're going to get back a little bit more of that home field advantage that you necessarily didn't have last year. So. I think when you look at home field advantage, you know, maybe over the last 10, 15, 20 years, depending upon, you know, what team you were looking at and what home stadium you were looking at, you know, that, that would be worth roughly two to three points to the spread 
you know, I think certainly some of that has eroded as time has gone along and home field advantage hasn't be, hasn't, uh, has become, you know, probably a little bit less important. Um, obviously, coming out of the pandemic, uh, you know, I would say that home fields may be closer to somewhere between one and two points, uh, depending upon what team you're looking at and what stadium you're looking at. So certainly getting, uh, you know, Raider fans, uh, you know, back into Allegiant Stadium to experience that for the first time and, uh, you know, having the Raiders play in front of those home fans uh, certainly can't hurt from a home field advantage perspective. Uh, but uh, in terms of the win total, not really going to affect it, uh, but it will affect the, the day-to-day games, whether you're looking at the preseason game, uh, which, you know, they're playing this Saturday versus the Seahawks, or whether you're looking at any of the regular season games that they're playing. Talking right now with Jeff Benson from CircusSports.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, that's not going to affect the win total. The, the, uh, the home field advantage won't t- affect the, home, the, the win total. But as far as the win total goes, I've seen around, what, six and a half for the Raiders. And to me, just me personally, Jeff, that is incredibly low. What is the reasoning going into that, uh, why that number is so low for the Raiders? Yeah, so I, I guess it makes sense to kind of give you where, where we stand currently. Uh, when we opened uh, the win total for the Raiders, we opened at seven wins uh, with the juice uh, being slightly favored. Over was minus 135. Uh, we've taken quite a few bets on the Raiders to go over their win total, which you know certainly doesn't surprise me given the market that we're in, You know, similar to what happens when you look at you know the betting on the Golden Knights. Right. Um, as we as we currently stand, uh, we've we've kicked that up half a win. We're now at seven and a half, okay. uh, with the under being slightly favored. And we do something cool here at Circus Sports, where if you wanted to bet an alternate win total, you could bet the Raiders uh, to win uh, to to go over or under eight and a half uh, wins, and you could also bet them to go over or under six and a half wins um, if you didn't want to necessarily play with that seven and a half number, but. Early, you know, uh, the first bet we took was a limit bet on the over at 7 minus 135. And, you know, since then, uh, like I mentioned before, it's been, you know, all public money and it's driven that total up. Uh, and, and given the demographic and the market we're in, certainly not surprising to see. Right. Exactly. We're talking right now with Jeff Benson, CircusSports.com. We're here at uh, Thomas and Mack Center for uh, summer summer league action. Is going on uh, all day long, all night long as well. Very excited about that. And how about the game tomorrow? I mean, I know it's a preseason game, and, and wins and losses don't really matter, but I know there's a lot of totals on points and uh, different ways to navigate through the waters of kind of placing a bet on a preseason game. So uh, what would be your best advice, I guess, for someone who's looking to, to maybe put a wager on, uh, on tomorrow night's game? Yeah, as we currently stand, it's Raiders minus three versus Seahawks. The total points scored between both teams is going to be 37 and a half. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily have a play on the game. Uh, if you look at kind of what the market thinks, they're certainly respecting the Raiders. Uh, we had some sharper players lay one and a half and, and lay two as well before finding a little buyback at plus two and a half. Um, so, like I said, I, I think the market is respecting the Raiders here at home uh, in their first preseason game versus the Seahawks. You know, a lot of, when you look at the lines, a lot of this has to do with, you know, what Gruden's going to do in terms of how long he's going to play the starters. Uh, and, and then, obviously, uh, you know, what the Raiders' backups are relative to what the Seahawks' um, backups are. So, certainly be interesting to see how it plays out, uh, but it, w- it definitely would be good to see the Raiders get off to a, to a quick start here in the preseason uh, and come out and get a, a win in the first game 
uh, at Allegiant Stadium with fans uh, at the helm. You know, let me ask you this, Jeff, before I let you go, and I don't, I don't know the answer to this, and, and if you don't know the answer to this, it's okay as well. It's just one of those things that hit me in the head. Uh, depending on what they do in the preseason, I know wins and losses don't matter, d- does that change possibly what uh, you know, the win total would be for the season before the season gets started, if that makes sense? I don't think it would change uh, the actual number that we're at, meaning that we're currently at 7.5. It may or may not change the juice. Um, meaning that, you know, we could move, you know, 5, 10, 15 cents, you know, over or under, depending upon how they look. I, I, I would say the, the most that it would change uh, would have, have to do with injuries. So, you know, when you look at, you know, the, the top-tier guys, you know, for the Raiders, whether that's uh, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, if a, if a large injury, uh, you know, that put one of those guys out for the season were to happen, you know, certainly something like that. Right. Uh, would affect the win total much more um, than how a team looks in the preseason. And, you know, we, we do currently have three Raiders uh, listed on the board uh, to win MVP for the whole season. Uh, Derek Carr's at 60-1. to one. Josh Jacobs is at 450-1. to one. Uh, And the stud tight end, Darren Waller, he's at 1,000 to, uh, to 1. Okay. Uh, so if you, if you certainly think, uh, you know, one of those guys are going to have a real standout year uh, and you want to bet it, uh, you know, a different way kind of on the Raiders, uh, you could certainly, uh, you know, take one of those guys in the MVP market. There you go. Good stuff, man. Thank you very much. Very informative right there. Jeff Benson, CircusSports.com. Let them know one time before I let you go about the event and, and, and the, the contest that you have going on right now over the Circa. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you can come down to any of our uh, three properties here in downtown Las Vegas or visit us at the Tuscany or the Path. Uh, you can sign up for the Circa Million or the Circa Survivor. Uh, we're guaranteeing $10 million dollars. Uh, between the two contests, and if you want more details uh, on the prizes and the rules, uh, visit us at CircusSports.com. There it is right there. Jeff, thank you so much for your time, my man. This is great stuff. Uh, I look forward to talking to you next week. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, Enjoy the game on Saturday. For sure. Will do. There he goes. Jeff Benson right there, CircusSports.com. Appreciate his time, and, man, what a heck of a contest, right? You could possibly win $10 million. I'll tell you what, I win $10 million. You ain't going to see me on the concourse. <laughs> you ain't going to see me on this concourse. <laughs> I'll be on somebody's concourse, but it won't be this one. <laughs> I don't know where I'll be, but I'll be somewhere. Only time would tell. Space and opportunity and nothing but dinero in front of me. That would be what, uh, what I'm talking about. So many thanks to Jeff for joining us right there. The time is 342. We've got about 15 minutes left in today's show. Uh, we're here live at the Thomas & Mack Center. Summer League action going on. The line for Gary Payton autographs is getting a little bit shorter. Did, did little cues hitting here. Did you know Gary Payton was down here? Oh, you did, and you didn't tell your dad. All right, cool. See, that's how. See, that's how kids are, man. That's how you, you, you raise them. You try to do what's right for them, and then they find out some information they don't even tell you. See how it is. Cold game, but that's all right. He knew. He knew Gary Payton was down there. So all right, that's that's what's up. 3.42 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out the show, and we'll close it out strong. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Raider, hey, Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. And we are back here. Time always flies. 
We only got 13 minutes left in today's show, but we are live here at the Thomas and Mack Center. Summer League action going on. The score is 32 to 31 right now. Oh, someone just stood in front of me. I can't tell you who's winning, but it's 32-31. The Cavaliers, I believe, are losing. I can't tell. We're in a sea of legs right now, but it's 32-31 with 129 left before halftime. The Cavaliers are down, okay, and they're playing the Pelicans. Okay, the Pelicans are up now 34-31. Okay, gotcha. They must be at the free throw line or something. Either way you look at it, um, yeah, it's, a, it's some good action going on. Uh, we'll be definitely hanging out here watching watching some good summer league action after the show is over. But appreciate everyone who's been on the show, all the great guests that we've had from Cassie Soto to Cole Kublik, Jeff Benson, all the great calls that we got on the, on the, on the Raider Nation listener line, the good text messages we got on the Sam and Ash line. Even had people stop by the, the table here, just um, not, not scheduled, just happen to stop by and say what's up. You know, so this has been so much fun. Uh, definitely appreciate uh, everybody. And uh, like I said, everyone has been part of the show. How you doing? Good. I'm excellent. So, yeah, we're, we're just hanging out. Uh, but there's a few minutes left in today's show if you want to chime in. You want to tell me who the three players you're going to be paying attention to tomorrow, Raiders versus Seattle, Allegiant Stadium, first preseason game, first game where fans will be in the stands. It's going to be packed to the gills. There was 20,000 there on Sunday for a scrimmage, and it was loud, and it was proud. Can you imagine what 60,000 are going to sound like at that place? It is going to be a roar that you're going to hear You'll hear it in Henderson. That's going to be a hashtag, hear it in Henderson. I just came up with that. I coined that myself. But let us know. Three players. You can, you can text it in as well, 69187, keyword R&R. Three players that you'll be paying attention to and looking forward to seeing tomorrow during the game. I want to hear from you. So, Damon, you haven't had a lot of uh, airtime today because, well, you're in the studio and I can't really communicate with you as well. But uh, are there a couple players? What's up, boss man? Are there a couple of players that you're going to be paying attention to tomorrow at the game? Yes, I really – number one is going to be Brian Edwards because I want to see, like, how many reps does he get. Is he going to be in bubble wrap because we've seen him out there in practice. He's going – but I, not to say fragile or frail or anything like that, but is he going to hold up? How is he going to look back on the field? And I know it's preseason, but I still want to see him get a lot of run. Trayvon Morg, want to see what he can do because I think that he's just going to be a stud. Like you said, defensive rookie of the year. I'm not going to put all that pressure on him, but I do think that he's going to be a full-time starter for years to come. So I want to see how that's going to be from the get-go. And that center battle. I want to see if Andre James, if he can uh, hold down the job because as you were saying earlier in the show, Rodney Hudson was the guy. So I think like when it comes towards regular season, I think Derek Carr is going to have a little bit more on his plate. So I want to see if Andre James is going to be able to help out and ease the load a little bit. If he is, he still going to be like that cerebral center that's just going to, you know, check the line and see all these protections that can help Derek Carr out a little bit. Right. Yeah. No. That's that's hey man. Good. Uh. Good. Good breakdown right there. Um. Merrick, man. I'm excited about him. I, I don't have to t say anything about him anymore because I've gone into great detail. Uh. But you know the center position. Uh, that's very important, man. That center position is so important more than just snapping the ball, where a lot of people just think that, oh, that's a routine, just snap the ball, snap the ball. Uh, anybody who's been a Raider fan for a long time knows how, how bad that snapping, that, that, that center position could be if the right guy is not in, in that position. And that goes from the center, the regular center, to the long snapper. I mean, a lot of things could go wrong. And anyone who's been a, a fan of the team for a long time has seen it. Up close to personal. They know exactly how bad it could be. So uh, there's a lot of things that play into that, that role. And Andre James 
Nick Martin. Of course, Nick Martin's been in the league. Nick Martin has played with the Texans. He's a veteran. He could play the center position. He could play the guard position. You know, I haven't really even given him any credit about, you know, him possibly competing for maybe, a, you know, the right guard spot or, or whatever. But uh, he, he's a versatile guy, and he's going he's gonna to provide some competition, uh, no doubt about it. Did you get your picture? Hold on. Hold on. I told you I'd do this every once in a while. Go ahead. you got to pop a headset on real quick. Go, don't worry about it. We're only on the radio. Nobody's going nobody's gonna, to uh, say anything. Oh, you got turn. Yeah, there you go. How you doing? Hello. Uh-oh. Okay, there you go. Put the, put the mic up a little closer. There you go. What's your name? My name is Gigi. Gigi. Yes, what up, Gigi? Gigi from San Diego. Uh-oh, San Diego. <laughs> I heard that. Now, you were standing in this line, and I didn't know who it, it was you know, for, and then I found out it was Gary Payton, and you just came by with a Gary Payton uh, picture. That's, that's pretty awesome. So uh, how has your summer league experience been so far? Excellent. I'm having a great time, meeting a lot of players. I met Payton Summer. Uh-oh. Um, I'm just standing, watching all of the games and just having a blast. Nice, nice. Well, I, I wanted to put you on real quick and kind of put you on the spot because you told me while you were standing in line that you wanted to do radio but not sports. <laughs> so I, I helped fulfill half the goal. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> well, I'm actually a teacher, so shout out to all teachers. Yes, Woo-hoo. and a lot of kids went back to school already. Some yes. aren't quite back in school yet. Um, but, yeah, that's such an important profession. You know, being a teacher is, is honestly, and I know I didn't, I probably didn't listen to my teachers that much. <laughs> I did all the talking. Shocking, right? I did all the talking in class, the entertaining. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, hats off to you as a teacher. What, what, what grades do you teach? I actually teach middle school, 7th oh, and 8th grade bless English. Bless you. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, they're the best. I taught okay. elementary. Okay. You can't really shout at them. And then high schoolers are too hard-headed. But 7th and 8th grade, they still say, hey, teacher, I love you still. There you go. There you go. Well, cool. Well, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, what uh, is, are you about to go back in and head and check out another game? Or? I am. I'm going to check out a game. Okay. But I want to encourage all parents and grandparents to bring their young ones because this is a motivating place to be. Yeah. Even if you don't want to be an athlete, there's so many young people who are empowering. Right. And actually, they really value self-discipline. Yeah. And making the grades. You know, if you can't be a 4.0 student, you could definitely be encouraged if you come here. Right. Well, this young man that's sitting down here, this is little oh. Q. He's on his way to Western Oregon. Uh, he's from Fresno, Congrats. California. He's my son. And he, uh, <laughs> he, he's getting it done not only on the court but in the classroom, too. So you'd be proud of him. He does, he does some good excellent, things. Excellent. Excellent. He's all getting all shy now. Look, he's right. <laughs> I put him on the spot. All I say is don't bang in the streets. Bang on a 4.0. Right. Exactly. That's a, <laughs> hey, that's a great mic drop moment right there. Well, <laughs> Gigi, thank you so much. I, I wanted to thank check you. out that uh, Gary Payton picture. That's cool. That's my guy right there. So uh, thank, thank you for stopping by and saying uh, hello to us. And uh, yes. enjoy the rest of your summer league. And may you, young man, have unexpected favor in your career. Woo, there you go. <laughs> Don't forget that. Thank you, Gigi. I appreciate you. There she goes, Gigi. See, I told you, just at any time, someone could just pop on and, and start talking and having a good time. And that's what we've been doing here uh, the whole time. Hey, how you doing? I see you. I see you. Let me get a good Raiders. Let me hear it. <laughs> there you go. I'll tell you, man, this is just a fun place to be. And so, uh, yeah, we don't have any rules or regulations around here. We just kind of do what we do. So, uh, Damon, thank you so much for all your efforts, man. I do appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate my guy Jeff here that's uh, keeping me somewhat on point. Not really because I, I have a ten- tendency to get squirrely, but uh, Jeff's done a great job, has a great setup. If you uh, follow me on Twitter, check it out, at your boy Q254. I tweeted out a picture of, uh, you know, our whole setup that we have here on the concourse at the Thomas and Mack Center. This is really stinking cool, man. This has been um, – I, I keep saying it, man. I, I'm pinching myself because this is just such a fun time, and being here is just unbelievable, unreal to me. Someday maybe it'll, I'll, it'll sink in and I'll understand it, but right now, man, this is just incredible. So uh, thanks to all the people who called in. Thank you all the people that texted in. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Little Q. 
and uh, and and everyone else uh, as well. Many thanks to all the guests that we had on the show. Uh, my guy Vinny Bonsignor, he's on the road as well. He'll chime in from parts unknown, and he'll do it next in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m., coming up here on Raider Nation Radio 920. See you.